0: You've tuned into His Name Ministries Podcast. You know, it's amazing. Just the other day in our house, we have have like a walk-in closet. It was Destiny's closet, but we made it into a little prayer closet for me. It was Destiny's idea, and I was thankful for that. And I have a chair in there, especially with the baby coming. I want to have a place I can go into, right? So we have this uh, walk-in closet, made it a prayer closet, have a chair in there, have some books, lots of books, have some of my favorite shoes sitting there I can look at and say, wow, praise God. (laughs) But I was in there uh, just recently, I I went in there, you might ask Brandon, did you feel like going in there? No, not really, no, but I made myself go in there. And I went in there, and I just start talking to the Lord. Lord, I thank you for helping me, giving me strength for the today. I thank you, Lord, that you meet all my needs. You, I thank you, Lord, you're always with me. Help me be a better husband. Thank you, Lord, that I have a hunger for your word. I don't just read the word just to read the word, but you start you speak to me as I read. So I, I'm looking at the word, have my worship music on, worshiping the Lord, having a great time. And uh, I I heard this in my spirit. I heard this. Not like a booming, loud voice, but I, I just heard this on the inside. I heard this, Brandon, don't be short-sighted. I go, what? I heard that. Don't be short-sighted. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit started giving me all these examples, all these scriptures. And, that, and that's what I was doing in that prayer closet. But not to be short-sighted and how it is a tactic of the enemy. Listen to the, the definition of short-sighted. You can't see things clearly unless they are close to your eyes. Lacking imagination or foresight. Here's the definition of foresight. The ability to predict what will happen in the future. So the the Lord was telling me, Brandon, stop being short-sighted. And I knew it was this. Here's a better definition, a plain definition. Stop being led by what you see right in front of you. Stop being led by when it manifests, then you'll believe. But start believing me now even though you don't even see it. You see this every year in January. People say, oh, it's January. I'm going to start getting fit. And they're excited. They go get all the workout gear. It's it's amazing. We go to TJ Maxx and the front is all the workout gear. The kettlebells, everything, the the big bouncy balls. Everything's there. And they know it's January. People are going to come and they're going to say, guess what? This is my year. I am going to be fit. So they put that there. People start buying everything. But what happens is, is they become short-sighted. They maybe work out that first month, that second month, and they start saying, I don't really see the results. They're, they're looking at themselves physically. I don't, I don't feel different. I mean, maybe a little bit, but it's not very fun. It takes so much time. Even my husband doesn't notice. My wife never, doesn't notice I've been doing the curls. I don't I don't know where I heard this, but someone told me when I was working out all the time my friends, they would say Brandon, in one week you can tell a difference in your body. That you've been working out. 2 weeks your best friends can tell a difference you've been working out. And then if you hit it for a month straight, then other people will start noticing. I don't know if that's true or not, but I took it. But the thing is is people they start they start noticing, "Oh, uh, I don't feel different. I don't look different. People aren't noticing and they become short sighted and they stop working out. But here's another way. I've heard this about working out. You work out and you're not working out to see results. You're working out to be healthy. And you're, you're looking at the long term, saying, Hey, next year I'll be fit. And then all of a sudden it starts happening. Then people start noticing, they're not looking at uh, short-term, oh, next month or this next week, but I'm just going to do it because I want to be healthy and I want to feel good, and they start looking at the end goal. They're not short-sighted, and then everything works out. Then it's not a continual thing, oh, next January I'll start working out. No, they 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 haven't been short-sighted, but you can say they have eyes of faith. That's what we are called to have. We are all called to have eyes of faith. We are not led by what we see. We are not led by what we feel. Are you thankful for that? If you are led by your feelings, that can take you to some crazy places. If you are led by what you see, that's not good. If I, me coming out here to California in that trailer, wax on, wax off, if I was led by what I saw, if I was led by what I felt, I would have left. But I was led by God. And I had eyes of faith. And the only way you can get eyes of faith is when you spend time in the word of God. When you spend time daily communing with God. I had eyes of faith. I would tell myself, "Brand, this is just temporary. You're here, you're obeying the voice of the Lord. Don't quit, don't give up. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. You could be going to this place and that place, but I know God has called me here and I will do what you have called me to do. I will have eyes of faith. And I believe this is a word for all of us, not just me, but all of us, especially for this year. 2020, God wants to so bless us. God wants to so pour out his favor, his glory, his anointing on our lives. But we have to have eyes of faith to see it and believe it. Say, I don't know about that. That sounds too good to be true. No. What God wants to do in you and I's life, but it's going to require something for you and I to have eyes of faith. Of faith, not led by how we feel, what we see, what's in our bank account, but we are led by God. That's the way we are called to live as sons and daughters of God. We live uh, by walking by the Spirit of God. And it says actually in Jude, the last, and it says in the last days there's going to be people that are led by their feelings and their emotions. But it says we are called to live by the Spirit of God. That's the only way we can live right now. You get in that traffic on the highway, you better not be led by feelings. You're driving, you're relaxing, you're talking to your wife, you're having a good time, there's a guy behind you right on your bumper, Swerving, trying to pass you, don't be led by your feelings. Just say, oh, just pull over to the right and say, man, that guy just, he needs peace. That's I tell Destiny, he has no peace. That's I tell her. Can't be led by your feelings. Your wife says something to you and you don't like the way it came across, hey, you can't be led by your feelings. Amen? I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> God, you can't be led by your feelings. You gotta have those eyes of faith. You gotta look to Jesus no matter what. That's the best way to live. It's exciting, amen. I saw I saw a perfect example in my life of me being short-sighted. And it's me looking at things in the natural, hearing things in the natural, and letting that affect me. Or I, I didn't see a result that I thought would happen, so I just stopped. I stopped praying, and it, and it was this. It was a, a family member in my family. It's, it's a cousin, and her and I really were really close growing up. We were always together. I remember they said in kindergarten we were in the same uh, class, and we'd have nap time, and I would we always hold each other's hands, and then they would split us apart, and we'd always make our way not hold our hand as taking naps. We were always really close growing up, but you know, she's a girl about 14 or 15. She's kind of starts changing, and we really didn't become as close anymore. I would see her at family gatherings, but she thought she was all hot and thought she was it, so I just kind of stayed my distance away from her. I don't want to hear about boyfriend. I don't want to hear about all that, but that we sort of started separating a little bit. We weren't as close, and she went through some things, real, you know, things that weren't the easiest, hard things. And and uh, my family would say, you know, pray for her, pray for your cousin. So okay. So I just recently, I about a year ago, I was praying for my cousin all the time, praying and praying the scriptures over her, surrounding her with faith and love. Lord, thank you, Lord, that her life shall never be the same. I thank you for a God encounter. She'll know your love. She's hurt by people. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you, you take care of those hurts. And as I'm praying and days goes by, weeks goes by, a month goes by, I, all of a sudden I start hearing news about this family member and they were telling me how bad she was doing. Tell me what, she was, what she's involved in. And, and I go, I'm thinking, what in the world? Is it, is I, my mind was saying, is it really even helping that I'm praying for her? I, I don't see the results. I'm hearing other things. People are telling me things about her. I know what's going on. So I stopped praying for her like I was. Maybe here and there I pray for her, but I, I stopped daily praying for her. So then a few more months goes by. Because my mind was thinking, Brandon, it's not even working. It's not even helping. Look at her. Like You're hearing the things that you're hearing. You're not hearing the results. You're not not seeing what you you think would be happening. I was short-sighted. Little did I know God was working in on the scene. Those prayers were working. Those prayers were making a difference. I, can't, I didn't see it with my natural eyes. I definitely didn't hear with my natural ears. But God was working on her behalf. I know my family always prayed for me when I was in high school, college. My sister always prayed for me. They didn't see the results at first. But let me tell you, God was working on my behalf. And I'm here today. So I I, I see my cousin. And I, I go, okay, she's here. And I went to talk to her. And she, right when I saw her, she grabs me and hugs me. Which she hasn't done that in a long time. Usually it's real quick. She hugs me and she, I see tears coming out of her eyes. And I could sense God was doing something. I could sense the love of God. And then my family told me, they they. They told me, she, my cousin told them, when I hugged Brandon, I felt the love of God. She goes, I, I, I really like being around Brandon. So it was like when I heard this, it was like the Holy Spirit corrected me and said, Brandon, your prayers were not in vain. Don't be led by what you see. Don't be led by what you hear. You keep praying for her. And you just saw a little of the results right there. You saw the little of the results. How am I, I am going to answer those prayers. But he's letting me know. He's letting all of us know. Don't be short-sighted. Have eyes of faith. Believe God no matter what. Even in your own life, I don't feel good. I've been doing things I shouldn't be doing. But I have eyes of faith. I will be the man of God God's called me to be. I will be the woman of God God has called me to be. Not to be short-sighted. Having eyes of faith. I grew up in a household where everyone in my family are, have eyes of faith. Uh, I, know I never got to miss school. I would, I would get up and say, I don't feel good. And they say, what does the word of God say about that, son? <laughs> I was like, what does it say? I don't know. <laughs> you're healed. Are you, are, so you, you're good? Uh, kind of. Well, maybe you can go in. This was the best I could get. Maybe you can go in an hour late. I'm like, that's nothing. <laughs> My first hour is P.E. Why would I miss that? Come on. You're okay. The word of God, you're healed. And if I did miss school, I had to listen to messages all day and give a report on what I heard. That eyes of faith, I might as well go to school. But he's calling all of us, especially in these times, for us to have eyes of faith. Not to be led by what we see or what we hear, but we are led by what the word of God says. Jesus had eyes of faith. He wasn't led by what he felt. The most religious people of the day wanted to kill him. They wanted they, they talked bad about him, but he had his eyes on his father. He said, I only do what he tells me to do. I only say what he tells me to say. Eyes of faith. Amen. And this even, even recently, the the Holy Spirit has been you know, teaching me about having eyes of faith, not even just looking, because Destiny and I, we travel all around the world, preach at different conferences and meetings, and that's our income, you know? When we travel, when we speak at churches, that's where income comes in, a good amount. We have our partners that really bless us each month and thankful for that, but when we go, it's kind of like a bonus, you know? And the and the Lord, the Holy Spirit's been dealing with me Stop being short-sighted. Stop looking at meetings to meet your needs. I can, I'm a big God. I can, I can speak to someone. I can do something. It's not just about you speaking everywhere. Don't be short-sighted. Have your eyes on me, having eyes of faith on me, and not you preaching at a church. Even though I'm thankful for that, I'm excited about that, and that's a blessing, but I can't put my eyes on that. I can't put my eyes on the little church in Oklahoma when I'm preaching, or the church in Arkansas. I have to have my eyes on God. And we, and recently, we were invited uh, to a conference uh, here in California in Torrance. So I, I, I'm, I'm working. I'm not being short-sighted. I put my eyes on you, God. So we go to this conference. We hit traffic. It takes us two hours to get there. So we we go, and and destiny you know is pregnant i'm thinking about her and we we sit there and the it was a meeting it was great and after the the person that was holding the meeting they're like hey are you going to be here tomorrow morning i said i don't think so <laughs> i was like I, it's it's a lot on destiny you know we we came tonight we're good uh if you want to come tomorrow morning that'd be a blessing for us i said okay and I, I had no intentions to go the next morning. So we, we go back home. We go to bed. We, we got home late. We go to bed. We wake up. And Destiny and I, we both looked at each other. And we said, hey, let's, let's go to that prayer meeting. Let's go to that conference. So we drove over there again. And uh, we got there early. So Destiny had some stuff she wanted to return, some baby stuff. So we're in this huge baby store, massive. And I'm just having fun. Destiny's doing her thing. I'm looking at the different strollers, all the different things they have out. And then we go to this, this meeting, and we're sitting there on the front row. This happened about two weeks ago. Sitting there on the front row. And I said, hey, we're here, you know. And the, the person, they had like one worship song. The person got up and said, today we have a guest speaker. Powerful man of God. I'm thinking, I think I'm the only guy here. That's what I thought. I, I looked. I, there's one guy. He don't look like he's a guest speaker. I don't know. He's, he's a guest speaker. I, I, I told him if he could make it here today. I was like, and Destiny goes, I think they're talking about you. She told me that. I said, I think they are too. I would have never went to that baby store right before if I would have known this. So they said, we have a guest speaker. He's going to preach this morning. And I just want to turn the service over to him. Brandon, would you come up here? So I I went up there and had my Bible. Thank God I brought my Bible, right? (laughs) It's always good to bring your Bible. So I brought my Bible and I preached. Powerful service. They took up an offering for us. They blessed us. Then we went out to lunch. The blessings, God so blessed us. That morning. But what if I would have been short-sighted? Hear the Lord the whole time, me having eyes of faith. The whole time, me going to this conference, just sitting there. But God the whole time was planning for me to speak. And he wanted to use those people to bless destiny and I. But what if I'd been like, no, we're not going to go. We're good. I'm looking for that other place to preach. And God's saying the whole time, I have a place for you that morning. But I saw his faithfulness. I saw God taking care of me and her, even when I didn't even realize it. I'm just there and I hear, today we have a guest speaker. But God knew. You know, be instant. Be ready in season and out of season. Amen. All of us are called, not just for speakers or preachers. All of us are called to be ready in season and out of season. We should always be in the Word. We should always have a Word from God. I truly believe people get hung up on the people that preach, the ministers. It's for all of us. We all, the word preach means to proclaim or declare. We should all be ready to proclaim and declare the goodness of God. You might not have to use a microphone, but you can do it in your own way. Be ready. Be ready when those trials try to come against you. Instead of quitting and screaming, be ready. Say, no, I know what the word of God says. I will not back down. The greater one lives in me. What is it? That's being ready in season, out of season. No matter what, not quitting, not giving up. Having that bulldog faith. And what it is, a faith is this, trusting God and you're not led by what you see or what you what you hear but you are led by God. Amen. He's faithful. He's faithful. And this is a such a tactic of the enemy for you not to see what God has blessed you with. That you're so short-sighted that the enemy wants to try to blind you so you cannot see everything God has blessed you with. He's one, you're, you're, he's your healer. Your finances, your joy, your righteousness, your favor, he is living on the inside of you. But the enemy would love for you to be short-sighted and you do not realize what Jesus has done for you. Jesus done it all on the cross. He gave his all for you and I. He took on our, uh, our sickness, our disease. He took on poverty. He wanted all for us. But the enemy wants to lie to you and say, You're, no one loves you. You don't have anything. You'll be like everybody else. You might as well quit. You might as well just turn the, take the lampshade and make it all dark in your room and just be depressed. He is a liar. What's he doing? He's trying to take you. He's trying to blind your eyes so you cannot see everything Jesus has won for you and his love for you. That's one of the biggest tactics of the enemy, is try to tell you no one loves you. It says this in John chapter 15, verse 9. Jesus says this, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. So he's saying, as the Father has loved me, with that same love that God has for me, Jesus, I have for you. Isn't that awesome? Now remain in my love. Stay in my love. The Passion Translation says this, let my love nourish your heart Daily. So daily, you and I need to let the love of God nourish our hearts. Amen. Nourish our hearts. But here's a, a tactic of the enemy. No one loves you. You're not special. And, and Jesus, in and the word of God, that's why we have to get in the word. That's why we have to look at the word and say, wow. Jesus, you said the same love that God has for you, you have for me. And I will let that love nourish my heart daily. His love for you. In Ephesians chapter 3, it surpasses all knowledge, understanding. His love. It's, it's, it's beyond comprehension. His love for us. One time when I was uh, in, about in high school, I was... I I was going to bed and I told the Lord, Lord, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you. I was just saying that a bunch of times. And I went to sleep and I I woke up in the middle of the night and I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. For me to hear the Lord then, it had to be a megaphone. I heard this, Brandon, look up how much I love you. John John 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For who? For you and I. Look up how much I love you. He loves us the same as he loves Jesus. We are special in his sight. Amen? We got to know this. In Ephesians chapter 3, it says this, the resting place of his love is the very source and root of for your life. So, the very source and root of your life is knowing his love for you. Personal, intimate relationship with you in Jesus, not about your parents, God, not about something that you just, you sing the worship music to, and you don't even think about it, but he wants you to know him in such a personal way where you know his love for you. That's what matters. That's everything. When you know he loves me, when you know he cares when I spend time with him, when, when you know he'll always take care of you, nothing can stop you. Me in that trailer season, on, wax off. I knew his love for me. And that's what helped me to remain. That's what helped me to have eyes of faith, knowing he loves me and he is here for me no matter what. Here's some short-sighted being led by what you, what you see, what you feel. Here's some examples. Bills are piling up. I even gave on the offering last Sunday. I'm just going to quit and scream, short-sighted. I'm already messing up. I'm sinning. I'm already doing this. I might as well go all the way. Short-sighted. Do I really need to pray? Short-sighted. How long do I have to fight for this dream? I'm just going to quit and give up. I'm done. Short-sighted. You, when you believe the doctors report more than the word of God, short sighted. Oh, does praying in tongues really help me? I don't feel different. I, I, I think it's cr- my, it's, it sounds weird. Short sighted. I don't feel anything when I pray. Short sighted. How we have to get in the word of God. Even if your body doesn't feel good, you might be sick, you might have same th- some things coming against you. You see in the word of God, I'm healed. I'm blessed. And we believe that more than anything else. We cannot walk by our feelings. We are called to walk by faith. There might be some mountains in your way. There might be some obstacles in your way. There might be some pressure. Let me tell you, there will be some pressure. But like Mark chapter 11, verse 22, Jesus says, you say to that mountain, you, and when you say you be removed, cast into the sea, and you believe in your heart. It doesn't say be led by your feelings. If it's a big mountain, be scared. No, it says you speak to that mountain. Having eyes of faith also requires us using our voice against the enemy daily. Amen? How are we going to have these eyes of faith? Looking to Jesus. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. And we're almost done. Hebrews chapter 12. Isn't God so good? And we'll look at verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says this, as for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So it's a great cloud of witnesses. Our loved ones in heaven, people we know in heaven, they're not just sitting there playing the harp. They they are watching. They're very aware of what's happening. It says this, so we must let go of every wound that has pierced us. You and I are not called to carry any unforgiveness. We're not called to carry any hurts. We're not called to carry any anything. Jesus took it all on the cross for you and I. Don't be short-sighted. Every wound that has pierced you and the sin we so easily fall into, then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the path has already been marked out before us. Are you thankful for that? Your life has been marked out before you. God has something special for your life. It's not someone else's race, it's your race. He has a special lane for you and I to run. Verse two, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze unto Jesus. So for us to have eyes of faith, we look to Jesus who birth faith within us, and who leads us forward into faith perfection. Isn't that awesome? His example is this, because his heart was so focused on the joy, knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross, he conquered his humiliation, and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who oppose their own soul so you won't be worn down and cave in under life's pressures i like that you feel like you're going through some things you feel like things are tough you feel like things are you feel like quitting look to jesus look what he did for you he birthed faith in you you put your eyes on him you run it says life's marathon race it's not a sprint you keep on going, but guess what? Your focus is on Jesus. It's not on people. It's not on social media. It's on your bank account. Oh, so-and-so likes me. It's not about what maybe you're doing, the mistakes you have made. No, you don't look to those. I'll never quit. I'll have all these addictions. I'll have all this. No, you look unto Jesus. When I started to put my eyes on Jesus no matter what, things that were bothering me, things I was doing I shouldn't have been doing, it started to break away. And then natural, I thought, how in the world would this ever happen? But guess what? When I started to put my eyes on Jesus, when I started getting his word, and even though I would sometimes I'd mess up, I'd say, Lord, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. I can't do it in my own strength. I'll mess up again. But I'll put my eyes on you, and you will take care of me. So when you put your eyes on Jesus, no matter what, it will birth, it'll birth that faith in you. And You run that race, and you're not looking at anything else but you're looking to Jesus. The enemy knows this. He'll try to put things in front of you to get your focus off Jesus. He'll try to put on other people, but he is a liar. I want to encourage you all this morning to have eyes of faith. Hallelujah. Destiny had, had to have eyes of faith when she first married me. I wasn't the best husband. I'm, I'm still working on it. got to see the big picture, hey, Amen. Eyes of faith. We believe God no matter what. God is so good. But this is, oh, we're going to turn to one place here. But even Jesus lived this example. In Isaiah chapter 50, talking about Jesus, when he was going through the cross, it said that he set his eyes on his father like a flint. And he would not be moved. So Jesus is our perfect example. When Jesus was whipped, when he was beard plucked out, spit on, he didn't look to people. He had his eyes on his father the whole time. He did that. And it says you think you're going through some things? Look to Jesus what he went through. Sweating blood. It ain't that hard. It's basically saying Jesus went through a lot. Look to Jesus what he went through. Jesus had eyes of faith the whole time. He's looking. His eyes are on his father. Even when he's on the cross and his clothes are ripped off, the soldiers are there gambling for it. He says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. The only way for you to say that is when your eyes are looking to your father. If you're, if you're led by your feelings there, you want to say some cuss words to him. You want to say, God, strike them down with lightning. No, but his eyes, the whole time, he was set, his eyes were set on his father like a flint, and it said he would not be moved. Let me tell you, when you and I's eyes are locked onto Jesus, when we have eyes of faith, let me tell you, we will not be moved there's times where I'll feel pressure. I'll feel the enemy trying to come against me. Destiny can tell you, but I'll, I'll seek God, and I know, God, you won't fail me. You won't disappoint me. I will not be moved. We either believe the Bible or we don't believe it. We got to believe it wholeheartedly. We got to know it. When your eyes are set on Jesus, you will not Be moved. So when I'm in the prayer closet and the Lord starts speaking to me about not being short-sighted, he gave me this example, doubting Thomas. Do you guys know doubting Thomas? So two of you. (laughs) I'm just joking. I'm just joking. So Jesus appears after the resurrection. He appears to the disciples. He said, what's up? The cross didn't get me. I'm alive. Check me out. Don't I look good in the glory? Let's go eat. Is there any new restaurants open in Jerusalem? It's been a while. I haven't been here in a while. No. He appears. Appears to the disciples. They tell Thomas. They said, hey, guess what? We saw Jesus. The cross didn't defeat him. What he told us is true. He's alive. We saw him. Let's see what Thomas says here. You can turn to uh, John chapter 20. John chapter 20. We're talking about having eyes of faith, not being short sighted. This is a perfect example of Thomas being short sighted. And the history, even now here in Chino, California, his name, they call him as Doubting Thomas. That's his name. If he had only just said, I believe. Now we consider him doubting Thomas. Check it out in verse 24. John chapter 20, verse 24. One of the 12 wasn't present when Jesus appeared to them. It was Thomas, whose nickname was the twin. So the disciples informed him, we've seen the Lord with our own eyes. Still unconvinced, being short-sighted, being led by what he sees, Still unconvinced, Thomas replied, there's no way I'm going to believe this unless I personally see the wounds of the nails in his hands. If I touch them with my fingers, if I put my hand into the womb of his side where he was pierced. Being led, Thomas is being led by what he sees. I won't believe unless I do this. Then eight days later, Thomas and all the others were in the house together. And even though all the doors were locked, Jesus suddenly stood before them and said, peace to you. Can you imagine? Here they are. The doors are all locked. No way no one can get in. They're all there. And guess who shows up? Jesus. Saying, you can lock all the doors you want. Like Destiny, we go to hotel rooms. The first thing she does is shut the door and put all the locks on. I go, where do you think we are? Nothing's going to happen. They had all the doors locked. They had a little metal bar closed, whatever that's called. Jesus shows up. Peace to you, he said. Then looking into Thomas' eyes, he said, put your finger here in the wounds of my hands. Put your hand to the wounded side and see for yourself. Thomas, don't give in to your doubts any longer. Just believe. Then the word spilled out of his heart. Thomas said this, you are my Lord and you are my God. Jesus responded, Thomas, now that you've seen me, you believed. But there are those who have never seen me with their eyes, but have believed in me with their hearts. And they will be blessed even more. Jesus is saying, Thomas, you believe me now because you put your hands in, my, in the wombs of my hands. You, you put your uh, hands in my side. Now you believed. Blessed are those who believe but don't even see. What's he saying? Blessed are those who have eyes of faith, who are not led by what they see in the natural, but they still believe no matter what. Eyes of faith. So many examples in the word of God. David had eyes of faith. All by himself at Ziglag. Could have quit. His whole place is burnt down. His own men wanted to kill him. But he encouraged himself in the Lord. What did he do? He had eyes of faith. Paul had eyes of faith. He was thrown in prison. He was beaten. He was pressed in on every side. He says this, none of these things move me. Eyes of faith. Centurion officer. Hey, Jesus, speak the word. My, my servant will be healed. Eyes of faith. Woman with the issue of blood, if I may just touch the hem of his garment, even though for 12 years I've been in pain, I'm now broke. I have no hope. But if I just touch Jesus, I will be made whole. Eyes of faith. In Acts chapter 14, a layman is listening to the word. Paul perceives that he has faith. He says, stand up in the name of Jesus. The guy walked up. He was healed. What happened? That guy had eyes of faith. He was not led by his natural circumstance. If he was led by his natural circumstance, he would have been crippled his whole life. But he's hearing the word. And he goes, you know what? Even though I am crippled, I believe God has healed me. Eyes of of faith. He's calling all of us to have eyes of faith no matter what. Not that led by what we see or what we feel, but we are led by what we believe. We serve a big, big God. And we believe no matter what. Even if we don't see the results that we want to see or hear, but we know God is working on our behalf. Thank you for checking out our podcast. For more information on His Name Ministries, check out our website at hisnameministries.com or check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Have a blessed day.